Welcome back to BTW About to Be the Workshop. We are going to have another introductory uh, mashir with some halacha, and we're also going to talk about five things you just need to know if you are going to be a chazan, if you are a chazan, things that you need to be conscious of. And we'll get to all of that. But again, I want to start off with some more halachos that are going to overlap and play off of the, some of the things that we discussed last time in the workshop on who is qualified to be a Baal So, looking back into the Shulchan Aruch, so, still in Orachayim, Simen Nun Gimel, so we spoke about, you know, a person has to be free of sin, he has to be humble, these are all things that are, that are, you know, not intuitive um, for just being a human being, and not, not intuitive for someone in the role of a Baal who's producing beautiful music, in uh, you know in in public, and possibly receiving praise for it, so we said that a person should try to do tshuva, and a person should you know because again who is really free from sin, and obviously it's it would be disqualifying of someone who is perpetually living in sin. So chalal shabbos farhesia for example. Um, but yeah, so there's that, and, and you know, again when it comes to being humble, you know a person has to really know themselves, and this is something that we're going to come back to. We're going to come back to this when we get to the five things that a person has to know as a chazan. But again, a person has to um, carry themselves in a certain way. And even, you know, even the way you sing davening, if you're going to be singing the nusuch, so even the way you do that, it has to be done in a way where, yes, it should be beautiful. You shouldn't minimize the beauty of the tefillah and the way you project it. But Again, it shouldn't it shouldn't be with 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 that sense of arrogance. On the contrary, it has to be with a sense of humility and understanding of your role in this job. You are a shleach tzibur. You're a messenger of the tzibur. That's that's the name of the game. Okay. So in that vein, we come to the following halacha. So the halacha is in Nun Gimel Sif Yud Aleph. Says shleach tzibur shema'arich b'tfila. So a Shliach Tzibar, who lengthens himself in the tefillah, he makes the tefillah longer. Maybe that might mean that he riffs a little bit. Kadesh Yishmu Kolo Arev. So that they should hear his Kol Arev. Right? And we said that one of the qualifications of a Baal tefillah is he has to have a Kol Arev. He has to have a sweet voice, right? So you have to have a good voice, but you also have to be humble. So we spoke about that, that um, quote unquote paradox last time. So again, if he's lengthening his tefillah, and maybe lengthening aspects of the tefillah, so that people should hear his good voice, so it says the Shulchan Aruch, Im hu machmas shesamach belibo al shenosin hodal l'ashem yisbarach b'ne'ima. If it's because there's a joy in his heart, and it, it's the joy in his heart that he, that he, to give thanks to Hashem, and this is to, so it should be done in a pleasant way, so tavo alav bracha. So bracha will come upon him. Now, I think it's very important. We're not denying what you just did, apparently. The Baal Tefillah, he lengthened his Tefillah so that people should hear his good voice. Like, that that was all intentional, and we're not yet saying that he did any crime. Because apparently, there's, it's tavo love bracha if his whole purpose in intentionally trying to make people hear his good voice was that he was trying to that it was out of his own happiness in giving hoda to Hashem, 
right? And then who, who of us are on, on that level right now? But if that was what he was doing, Tavalov Bracha, right? So and I, I guess that means that a person has to think when, he, when he's making the music, when he's celebrating, you know, is, he, is, is it a manifestation of Shiru Hashem? Is he singing Mamish to Hashem? And then the, then the Shulchan Aruch continues, Vuhushay Spala Bechoved Rosh, Koved Rosh, that he is, it's, um, it's, a, it's weighty intention, it's, it's a certain level of humility, Vomed Be'ema Viyira, and he's standing there with a, uh, with a fear and an awe, um, and, and think about this, you know, how many of us just have an awesome time up there at the Amud? So, you know, we're, and when I say awesome, I don't mean all like, like, like Nora, like Oyom Venora. I mean like all, like we're having a great time. We're celebrating, you know, not just celebrating, but we are celebrating maybe ourselves. So it says you have to stand there with that dread. So that's how you do it. And again, you're making beautiful music as if someone is, is playing an instrument for the king. Abal. If he's try, if if it's because he wants that his voice should be heard, and he should rejoice in the beautiful sound, oh that sounds great, that is very detestable. Or anyone who lengthens his tefillah anyway, so that's really not good because of tircha detzibor anyway. So, wait, I thought if you lengthen your tefillah and you're praising Hashem, then that's good. Now we're saying it's a tirchat tzibor. If, not just, you know, you're trying to, that you're, you just want to hear yourself, but also, in just in general, it's a tircha. So, is, is that a stira to what we just said? And I, I think that this is a time where we can weigh out some, some, some different aspects of what the, what the role is. Right, because apparently... What we're seeing here is there is a contrast in a certain sense that a person, that there may be a tension, that a person has to weigh out this important task of praising Hashem and sounding beautiful when doing it versus also what Seabor would appreciate. And a person, obviously a person can't be arrogant, that we spoke about. In fact, in, uh, in Sif Tes Zion, the Shulchan Aruch talks about a person, how you really, if you're not a regular chazan, you should be, you, you, should, you should try to refuse and decline at least three times um, before, or, or really two times before you actually daven for the Amud. And um, the, the Mepharshim say that some, you know, or really Shulchan Aruch already brings down that if, a, if an Adam Gadol, perhaps that's the rabbi, or perhaps that's the the Gabai, if they if they go and tell you, then you should go right away. But right now, I'm not even talking about arrogance. I'm talking about the tension between making it sound beautiful, but also not disturbing the uh, the or you know making the seaboard worked up because you're taking too long. So with that, let's move over to the five things. Five things that you absolutely have to know when you're diving for the Amud. Number one, you have to know before whom you stand. Right, Dalaf Neamiyatelamid. This is already brought down in Chazal, but this is very important. Um, this we see reflected in that halacha that we just looked at. You can't, you know, forget what you're doing up there. And if you, quote-unquote, and not just quote-unquote, but actually, if you literally lose yourself in um, in, in your singing, um, or maybe, maybe that's also figurative, but you lose yourself in your singing, and you're really enjoying how you sound, and then you're forgetting the task, how can you possibly call yourself a shliach tzibor? And how can you call yourself a bal tefillah, master of tefillah? Uh, a chazan maybe, but that's because that's, you're just fitting the role of a chazan. Maybe you're being a cantor, but you're not. You're not being a baltfila. 
So you can, the, the, the point is the Amud is absolutely not a place for arrogance. It just isn't. Number two, to number two, which we also referenced a little bit, you have to know your audience. Now, this is true in any public facet, right? If you're a public speaker, if you're, if you're a Rav, you have to know your audience. Obviously, you don't want to misrepresent the MS, but you have to know your audience in terms of how you're going to deliver. And this is true with, with um, your davening. It's true with singing during davening. Now, there's a general tension that some people are very mocked to use nusach, right? They, they, they prefer, you know, that you shouldn't freestyle and just do whatever songs you want in davening. I know that nowadays it seems that in most shuls, they're, they're not so strict on that. And, you know, my, my davening for the Amud is based on this ability to choose a song that I like and think is appropriate for a piece of davening and using it. So, but I'll, t- I'll tell you a quick story. There was one time that I was davening for the Amud in a shul, and the crowd was an older crowd. So I said that I was, you know, said to myself that I was going to try to use some older songs. Now, I always try to pick songs that are befitting of the day and and try to fit songs that fit the davening, and we'll come back to that. But um, I said I was going to pick older songs because I felt that it was an older crowd. And that's exactly what I did. I don't remember the songs that I used, but it's probably, if I'm telling you that they were old, they're probably old. And... I remember a very old person, probably in their 80s, they came up to me after davening, and they said they really enjoyed my davening, and they said it was a nice combination of old and new. And I was really confused, because I thought that all the songs I picked out were very old. So I said, oh, well, you know, which, which songs to you were the new ones? And he said, oh, all, all, all the things that you did in Kedusha. And then it, then it hit me, like, oh, okay, so, you know, places where they focus mainly on just Nusach, and they don't do any songs, so... Perhaps for, for them, any song that you do in Kedusha is considered new. But what he liked about my davening was my, my loyalty to the Nusach, at the parts that were mainly Nusach, you know, the, for, the, for the body of Shimon Esrei, for example. So that I did with Nusach, he enjoyed my Nusach. Um, and he also enjoyed the other stuff I did, but to him that was new. So, you know, you got to know your audience. You got to pick out, if you're going to pick out a song, you got to pick out a song. I've heard some people pick out songs that might have been popular songs, but the crowd was just not the crowd for it. Maybe they were, maybe in terms of their patience, maybe in terms of whether or not they knew the song. And I'll throw in another thing that my, my brothers and I, and I'll come back to this again later, um, but we'd like to appeal to what we refer to as the Hamaven Yavin crowd. The Hamaven Yavin crowd, those who will understand, will understand. Meaning, if there's, a, if there's a song that thematically works for the day, we try to pick out that song. So we think about what Parsha it is, what holiday it is. And if, if, if that song comes up in the Parsha, so let's say Parsha Svayichi has Hamalach HaGowel, so we'll throw in Hamalach HaGowel into our davening. If it's Parsha Svayira, which has angels, so we might sing B'Shem Hashem. And there, there are a lot of different combinations like that. Um, and for the people that appreciate it, they really do. Okay, so that's number two, knowing your audience. Number three, you got to know yourself. Right, so that might mean knowing your range. You know, if you're going to choose a key, then you gotta, you know, know where you're able to sing, know where you're able to hit it, and know if your range is good for the crowd. Going back to number two, knowing your audience, but you got to know yourself. You have to know what parts of davening you know, what parts you don't know. You know, you don't obviously don't want to make a fool of yourself. So you have to, and also in terms of your qualifications, right? Going up to the umbud, if you're if you're going to do that task, you should probably think about about your place in this mission. Be humble about it, and maybe do tshuva if that's absolutely what's required of you. Number four, you obviously got to know the nusach. Now, the nusach means a lot of different things. The nusach can mean the words of the davening. You got to know the davening. You got to be able to be fluent in the words. 
you should know the meaning, the peyr shamilim, or at least the general meaning of the davening that you're doing. And also, nusuch means tune of the davening. You have to you have to know because the, the Shabbos nusuch of the tune, the Shabbos tune is not quite the same as the Yom Tov tune, which is obviously not at all the same as the Yom Norayim tune. So whatever whatever your tune is, you have to know it, and you, and this takes practice, especially when you're transitioning out it out of a song. You know, you just finished a song, so you got to know the nusach, and maybe knowing when to use a song is appropriate, but also know when the nusach is uh, you know needs you when you when you got to be loyal to the nusach. And then number five, you got to know your tunes if you're picking tunes. So you shouldn't go up and try to sing a song that you don't know. I've seen Chazan try to do that. That's also very uh, very disastrous. You should you should know the, the tunes that you're doing, and not, I don't just mean that try to sing a song that you don't know, but I also mean that if you are about to go up for the Amud, you should know in advance what tunes you'll do. A lot of people like to decide on the spot, and sometimes it works out well, and sometimes it's a flop because you didn't fit the tunes into the nusach well. And now, if you are a regular baltzvila, you know I, th- I think in general with with Divrei Torah, this is also true. If you're if you're a rav. You should have, expect that someone's going to ask you to speak somewhere. And at any given point on a Shabbos, you should never be in a position where you can't speak and give a Dvar Torah on Shabbos or at an event. And the same is true if you're a Chazan, I think. If you're a Chazan, you should know that you, there's a good chance you're going to be asked to for the Ahmed. You should already have a repertoire of songs lined up that you know fit. And especially if you're if you're someone who likes to connect the songs to the Yonah Dioma and not just use the same songs every week, and I think you should try to have a wide repertoire, then you have to know that before you go up to the Amud, and as you're going up to the Amud, you have to know what fits, you have to know what works, and you have to just know the actual tunes that you're using. So again, just uh, number one was to know before whom you stand. Number two is to know your audience. Number three is to know your range, or know yourself, really. And uh, number four was to know the Nusach. And number five is to know your tunes. And Bezra Hashem will pick up next time. Thank you for joining. And yeah, daven it up.